This is an ABC podcast. Do you remember as a kid waiting to get picked up from school? Waiting. 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 And then realising, I think I've been left behind. Today on the Newcastle Hunter Catch-Up, we're talking about the bus companies that keep cancelling on school pickup. I'm Kaya Hanley. Let's dive in. You know the feeling of the rush to get out the door in the morning. Everyone up, dressed, fed, lunch made, bags packed, last-minute homework, and then you just make it to the bus stop. Phew, you think, as you look in the rearview mirror and know the bus won't be long. But in parts of the Hunter, school buses aren't turning up, leaving students on the side of the road for hours. And sometimes parents have no idea it was even happening. And it's only now that they have chosen to do something to start notifying parents when school buses are cancelled. So the scenario you painted where somebody learns about a cancellation from a school Facebook post is a rarity because often there's been no notice whatsoever and instead kids have been trying to contact their their parents on other people's mobile phones to let them know that they're stranded on the side of the road. It's entirely unacceptable. That's a very fired up Kate Washington, the Port Stephens MP, and the problem is highlighted because lots of her communities, well, they don't have a high school, so most students spend their morning on the bus. Madawi, Tilligree Peninsula, Raymond Terrace, because we don't have a public high school in Madawi. We've got over a 1,000 kids on buses every single day. And when you've got bus cancellations, this is really biting hard on these communities where all of our kids have to be on a bus to get to a secondary school. It's not just Kate Washington sharing their frustrations. In all the community groups that I'm on on social media, I have seen parents post a lot online the last couple of weeks. From Port Stephens to the Upper Hunter... Buses out of Stockton, cancelled three times in one week. Cancellations in Maitland and Rutherford, Mayfield. In Seam, the bus didn't turn up and students were standing on the side of the road as quarry trucks zoomed by. These are just some of the stories. We heard about nine-year-old Isaac in Raymond Terrace walking five kilometres to a safe place this week. That was only yesterday when his bus didn't turn up. And we've seen parents going around the streets, picking up children that are not their own to get them to school because the kids' parents don't know that their kids' bus haven't turned up. And it's only been through this week when parents have been brave enough to stand up and and speak to the media and put pressure on that Hunter Valley Buses has finally thought, well, maybe we could start notifying parents on social media and letting them know when we cancel buses. We, of course, asked Hunter Valley Buses what was going on and their parent company, CDC at New South Wales, said that COVID, flu and an industry-wide labour shortages, that was what was responsible for the cancellations. Maybe not the answers parents want. And Kate Washington says that they're now in talks with the New South Wales Transport Minister. I've met with the Minister about this. I've met with Transport for New South Wales about it and I've met with Hunter Valley Buses. But it hasn't been until they've been outed in the media for all of these cancellations that they've finally decided to do something. And if you can hear I'm frustrated, it's true because I'm, I just can't believe we've got to this point. All right, so behind the scenes, lots of talks of contracts and services being delivered and are there alternatives, those big conversations happening. But around your dining room table, it could look a little more like, okay, 
So who's taking tomorrow off to get the kids to school? The implications are on, on, and impacts on families are enormous and the safety aspect to all of this is downright frightening for families. Growing up, Rachel Clancy's house was always busy and always full. So I um, grew up with my family fostering, so I had amazing experiences with kids coming in and out of my home, having lots of brothers and sisters. Like I was only, I remember I was only 11, and so the first little one we had straight from the police station was a little baby. And, um, you know, I was so excited, obviously, you're a kid and, and, you know, a little baby's coming in. I have a little baby brother now. And then I still remember a teenager, a 14-year-old coming. um, And, you know, I remember being quite scared, actually, um, at such a young age. Mm -hmm. Um, It still sticks with me. It still remember she came with a garbage bag. And, you know, I still remember that night, you know, she had no nothing to change into because we didn't have the right size for her. But um, at the same time, I just remember even at that age feeling such sadness for this child. Could you imagine packing your whole life up into a garbage bag? Yeah. You know, the, the thing that we think of trash when we think of a garbage bag, you know, that's what you think of. These childhood experiences, they stayed with Rachel. And as time passed and she grew into an adult, she went on to be a foster parent herself. She'd take in these sweet lost kids and give them a home and they'd move on. But there was always something bothering her in the back of her mind. The more I thought about the fact that we have such a high rate of um you know, children in care that then go on to continue the cycle, have kids that then are in care. And I just thought, how can we change this? But also, how can we expect any more from these children when we're sending them a message really at the start that they're, they're, they're worthy of trash pretty much? What did she come up with? Well, she thought back to those kids that she grew up with, the youngsters that she had in her house now, and she thought, what if they had something, something just for them that was theirs and it didn't have to be too much in fact it could be as simple as having a toothbrush to brush your teeth (laughs) a change of underwear um, are all things that really you know would affect one's self-worth this beautiful hunter human with an epic heart came up with hope in a suitcase through donations each foster child as they're heading off to a whole unknown new place gets a few special things for themselves a blanket a toy to play with all in a brand new suitcase that's just for them. They know that they don't owe anyone anything. Um, that suitcase is just primarily from Hope in a Suitcase that's reminding them that, they, that you know, they're worthy and they matter. You know, half of these children, it's probably the first thing they've ever owned that's brand new or the first thing that they've ever owned that they actually get to keep to themselves. Rachel is quick to say this is not about her and her experiences. It's about the young people that she works with. Sending suitcases these days all the way across Australia. She wants to give foster kids a sense of grounding, that they deserve something just for them. They're the ones that are kind of labelled the naughty kids and I just think if we grab hold of this um, sense of, well, hang on a second, maybe we can empower these kids, I think maybe, um, you know, there's a brighter future for these kids down the track. What's the reaction when these young people get their hands on one of these suitcases and get to open it up and see what what little goodies are inside? Um, They get very shocked. I've seen a few people receive their suitcases. One of the first things they say is, 
do I actually get to keep this? Um, one little girl said, oh, so where do I take this? Who do I give it to them when I have finished with it? Um, they just thought they got to borrow it for the night. You know, I, I had a um, kid write me a letter saying thank you and just how much it meant to them because they had never actually received a gift before. That feeling in that moment you're given the suitcase that hang on a second there's some people out there that do see me they do hear me and they do believe in me and so you know maybe there is a bit of hope and you know ease that little bit of loneliness and pain that they're feeling then it's all worthwhile it yeah it's making a um, difference together and that's the show for today got you right the feels at the end didn't we We'll be back tomorrow with more sweet stories, local legends and a bit of fun from round the hunter tomorrow. I'll see you then.